0: Find Kelly and Company right from your TV. AMI Audio can be found, MTS Customers, over on Channel 704 and Eastlink Channel 887. Visit AMI.ca/slash audio for a list of channel locations in your area. Kelly McDonald here with Rumya Muthan.
1: And, Kels, because we check in with our registered nurse, Leslie DePoe, once a month on the second Wednesday, we get to ask a lot of questions, and today we get the chance to do that about monkeypox. So let's bring her on.
2: I'm Leslie DePoe, registered nurse. Until I got into healthcare, I didn't realize how many people around me had questions about taking care of their own health. So I'm really happy to share some of those answers with you. Join me for the monthly health check-in, and we'll talk about everyday questions about everyday health.
1: We've been hearing a lot about monkeypox over the last few months, and on July 23rd, the uh, World Health Organization officially declared monkeypox a global health emergency. And it seemed like a good time because of that uh, to talk more about it, debunk some of these myths, and understand what we can do to protect ourselves, to protect our loved ones, and of course to, as we always do, ask our questions. Leslie, thank you for joining us. How are you?
2: I'm doing so well. How are you guys doing? Happy summer.
1: Happy summer. Exactly. (laughs) It was like we just talked sunscreens, we talked other things. Right. (laughs) So let's talk about this. So where do we begin? I'm, I'm assuming maybe where we always do with the definition?
2: Yes, as they say in the sound of music, we'll we'll begin at the beginning. So um, we'll just kind of understand the basics of what this is. And obviously, it's a pretty hot topic these days. So I just want to have a a good chat. I'll try and answer questions as best as I can as we go through this stuff. So monkeypox is another virus um, that we're hearing lots about. It's a zoonotic virus. and So that really just means it can pass from animals to humans as well as humans to humans. Um, We think as far as we know so far, infection sort of The virus enters our body through our skin um, or perhaps even our respiratory tract or mucous membranes as well. We know it can affect individuals of all ages. Um, however, and this is kind of interesting, people that have a history of smallpox vaccination, so it's not not everybody, uh, depending on when you were born, really, um, you act, they might actually have some protective advantage because uh, this virus sort of comes from the same family. Uh, historically, uh, these sort of sustained outbreaks um, with very large number of people is not something we've seen a lot. Um, we've mostly just seen the, these outbreaks in endemic areas. So the thing that's sort of interesting about what we're seeing right now and that started to happen in in the spring and May of this year is that we saw multiple cases of monkeypox identified in non-endemic countries. So we're certainly still studying um, kind of how we can understand that further.
0: Okay. Interesting too because, uh, you know, as we were coming out of the pandemic, I'm gonna say it the way that I've heard it said. As we are coming out of the pandemic, <laughs> um, our bodies are, are not used to certain things. We're going to see a lot of things. So before we go any further, can we have a clarification around pandemic versus endemic? Please. I think yeah. that a lot of time the words seem to be a little, you know, hazy, and people aren't really clear on the meanings.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I love a double definition day. It's, it's my absolute favorite. Um, absolutely. Um, So a pandemic, which is what we keep hearing with COVID, so a pandemic, that's when a disease's growth is exponential. So growth rates skyrocket each day. Cases grow more than the day before. Um, It also means it covers a wide area. So several countries are having this at the same time, several different populations. That's pandemic. An endemic is when something is consistently present, but it's really limited to a particular region. Um. So it kind of makes our the, the disease spread and the rates of that a little bit more predictable. So malaria is a really good example. That is that is kind of an ongoing thing, but in certain populations, in certain areas of the world. Um, and again, the, the thing about monkeypox that's really interesting is that monkeypox has always been endemic. It has existed in parts of the of the world all the time at very predictable rates and very specific pockets. A lot of that related to the animals that can transmit this virus. What's interesting about what we're seeing right now is that monkeypox has actually moved out of that endemic state. So we're starting to see it in places that don't normally have it, Canada being one of those countries.
1: So this is great. Uh, Thank you for kind of breaking all this down for us. And now that we know what it is, what's going on, should we be worried? Yeah, great place to start. So I'm going to say no cause for
2: panic, Okay, Um, Monitoring and surveillance has ramped up. And sometimes then you hear like the the WHO, the the, uh, World Health Organization or the CDC or Health Canada, these large government health agencies declare these emergencies, these global emergencies or even local emergencies. Keep in mind, um, there's a lot of reasons for that. And often that can be be because when we make those designation, it allows for greater collaborations between different countries. That also means more efficient and fluid Location of funds and resources. So, I mean, on a case count in Canada, like total, we are give or take around a thousand. So not even close to what you've been seeing with COVID, for example. Right. Uh, really, really what we need to do is just start to understand this so we can address proper education and, and to kind of take our own power in this sort of understanding those transmission signs and symptoms, treatment and prevention.
0: Okay. So Leslie, let's start with transmission. How is this being spread?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, great question. I'm going to get into all these details. I first just want to start by addressing some really dangerous misinformation that seems to be out there right now about transmission. So, um, some news organizations were started to kind of report this narrative that monkeypox was only affecting men that have sex with other men. And I just want to this is very much not the case. Yes, we've seen some some sort of clusters in that population, but to sort of I I just want to kind of debunk this before we start because there's a lot of that going out there, and it's it's not necessarily malicious, although maybe. (laughs) it is, but um, really it just means that we're not going to get the proper information. Uh, So there's really three different ways monkeypox can be transmitted. One is animal to human, okay? So there are animals, like I said, in certain parts of the world um, that can carry this virus transmitted. It could be a scratch, a bite, it could be licking. The other one is human to human. So this is what we're seeing a lot of right now from an infected person's kind of skin lesions because we get these sort of pox, these little um, almost look like pimples sometimes. It could be from blood, from body fluids, from um, mucosal surfaces as well. Um, Even people that are providing care to somebody in the same household, could be a sexual contact. We think we've got some transmission that's taking place with infected droplets, so coughing and sneezing. We don't know too much about airborne right now, so we're still learning as we go. Um, And then the other piece is fomites. Fomites is just a a non-animate object. Um, So that can mean like somebody that was cleaning the beds or linens of somebody that was infected with it. You could pick it up that way as well.
1: So should we continue and talk about transmission, uh, how it's being spread? And the debunking, I think, is going to be a big part of all this too.
2: Yeah, for sure. And so the the other thing to keep in mind is is sort of what we're looking for when we see these signs and symptoms. So individuals get this sort of rash, these distinct pox or, or sores kind of look like blisters sometimes. Sometimes they have a little bit of fluid inside, but they can often be really itchy and painful. Um, and right now we believe that contagiousness begins with the onset set of those symptoms. So and people remain contagious until the scabs have kind of fallen off. Very similar to shingles actually in a lot of ways, um, different family of viruses, but but same presentation in that, in that uh, regard. Um, And classically, we've got two phases of monkeypox. So first, we've got the invasion phase. So you may or may not have blisters, but a lot of times people are reporting like fevers, chills, uh, swollen lymph nodes, either on one side or on both, kind of flu-like feelings that last sort of the zero to five days. And then we end up with these pox, these actual vesicles on our skin. And that can actually last maybe two to four weeks in total. Um, Can be all over the body, including palms of the feet, hands, uh, mouth and, and genital area as well.
0: Is it deadly?
2: Yeah. And so in Canada, from what we've seen so far, rarely. Severe cases can occur. There can be some fatalities. But by and large, the case fatality rate kind of depends on exactly which version of this virus we're looking at and a whole bunch of other factors that we have to kind of put together as a bigger picture.
1: And how about the prevention? Is it preventable? Mm -hmm. Is it treatable?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So we can treat it. We do have some existing treatments, actually, for smallpox. Again, because they're they're related. They're in the same family um, that have been really helpful. So we have some antivirals. We have some vaccines that are being used as well. Um, that's But primarily, the treatment itself is supportive. So that means we're treating the actual symptoms, fever, pain, itchiness, that kind of thing. In terms of prevention, um, again, like the transmission, we're still learning so much about that. So really, what we've learned in general, and I'd like to say, like, we've learned a lot since COVID— um, as, as a general population, we've learned a lot about public health measures. And so we can certainly, there's a lot of transferable skills we already know that are going to serve us really well with monkeypox. Quite honestly, right. they're going to serve us well in flu season. You know, these are really great principles that we've all picked up on. So if you're feeling unwell, stay home. Uh, practice good respiratory hygiene. That means, you know, if you're going to be in a small enclosed space, you're wearing a mask. If you're going to cough, you're doing it into the corner of your elbows. If you're going to sneeze, you're not you're not doing it into the person's face behind you at Walmart. <laughs> (laughs) Um, so we're just making some good choices from that perspective if you're seeing blisters on your skin you need to be assessed by a healthcare professional Um, And the reason for that is twofold. Obviously, you know, if if it is that, if it is monkeypox, you want to be able to properly track that and properly treat and support you. And the other thing is, is that it can be something else. Like if you're seeing something that isn't your baseline, whatever that may be, you're always wise to have that looked at, to have a conversation with your healthcare provider. And then, of course, make smart, uh, smart choices about who you share your space with and who you share your body with. Practice safe sex. Um, I've included some links as well, uh, not not the normal fun ones. I really love to <laughs> include when I share them <laughs> with you guys. But I just want people to have access to some really credible sources to follow um, because ultimately, as we always are in healthcare, we are learning as we go. So expect the information to change. Okay. Nobody's coming out, certainly not me, saying, listen, I have the definitive all knowing knowledge about monkeypox. I know what we know today. um, And that's all any of us can know. So expect the information to change when we have new data to support that. Expect us to either ramp up or ramp down our responses depending on what we're seeing in the community. I just think it's a matter of, you know, as we often speak on this segment, which I love so much to be able to do, it's about empowering individuals to have this kind of knowledge so that you can make educated decisions about what you choose to do or not do. Whatever your choices might be, there's just no sadder, sadder thing to hear in healthcare than "gee, if only I had known." Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's that's the best thing to take away from this is is just to be aware. And and like I said, we've got such great skills already because of what the pandemic unfortunately gave us. Um, but but we do have some really great skills that are that are quite transferable and hopefully will serve us well here.
0: And as we did with the beginning of the pandemic, there were so many things told to us that we've talked about. Stay home, you're sick. That the most basic mm-hmm. kind of thing that we have said for years uh, due to the flu, due to the, just the common cold because of, hey, you don't want to give this to someone. And yet we had to be reminded. Wash your hands. We had to be reminded. <laughs> spend the time doing it. Um, when it comes to things like being around somebody, if if you uh, you know live with people or whatever a family, and someone has come in contact, or a dorm situation, mm-hmm. uh, it, 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 do you have to be very careful of the things a person comes in contact with? We talk about obviously fluids and 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 um, you know more closer contact, but if someone shares a bathroom with you, or someone, sh- yeah. you know, what what are the one things that you know? No, no, you need your own space here. This this is okay.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's a great question. It's so hard to depending on your living situation, you know, those with young families, those that have got multiple generations in the same home, you know, it's a pretty different story if you've been somebody, you know, everybody in the family has got their own bathroom. Well, wouldn't that be convenient? But I don't, I don't know if if most of us have that (laughs) life. Um, So what I would certainly say is, you know, as best you can, things that are personal items, toothbrushes, I would like to think, you know, we each have our own, but just be mindful of things like that, not sharing your glasses. Mm -hmm. I always tell families too, if you can, like everyone should have their own face cloth. Everyone should have their own bath towel, um, just as best you can. You know, honestly, um, and that's that's the truth of it. You know, we can only do what we can do. We take the best information we have, we apply it to our own circumstances, and we have to work within the reality of what that is. I think just the knowledge and, and having these open conversations is so helpful because hopefully the first thing that happens is you say, gee, something doesn't look right or doesn't feel right, and you go and have that looked at as opposed to sort of, you know, shuffling it under the rug or thinking, well, gee, it you know, Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's nothing is is absolutely a fair a fair assumption. But just going that extra step, knowing you know, being able to use that knowledge as power, um, is certainly what we what we are hoping to do.
1: Yeah, it's really um, something to think about and, and I can't help but wonder, you know, if it wasn't for COVID-19 and everything that we're living through right now, would we even be as cautious um, about the next thing, right? And as you know, we know that monkeypox have been around, but um, would we have the mindset that we do, the, the cautiousness and the questioning of how mm-hmm. we should be acting. So it's it's really quite interesting doing it from this end than uh, before, because like chickenpox have been around forever, but do we really talk about it? Not really.
2: Right. Isn't that so true? And I think you'll see a lot of that as we ramp up into the fall as well. This is going to mm-hmm. be, you know, sort of our first flu season when we're all back in each other's spaces and back at the yep. office and, you know, so I think I think, again, I think we learned some really great public health, uh, you know, uh, public health pieces, knowledge, some skills and tools that we can use going into any season like this. Um, but, you know, we, we also just need to caution ourselves to to, you know, reading what's in front of us, uh, you know, following those trusted sources. Mm-hmm. Again, not causing panic when we don't need to, but certainly trying to, to keep ourselves safe.
1: For sure. Leslie, thank you so much. Appreciate your monthly visits. Thanks, guys. Leslie DePoe is our registered nurse, joining us on the second Wednesday of every month.
0: And in a moment when we return from the break, we get into a conversation while we re-listen to a conversation with our resident foodie, Mary Mamalidi of Kitchen Confession. Come on back. We'll talk to you in a moment.